If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. I spend way too much time inside, and so I decided that today I would record an episode of Games with Bill out here in the woods, and uh, I'm actually really, really happy about it. Now, I have no idea how it's going to look or how it's going to sound, but you know what? We can't get better at what we do if we refuse to step out of our comfort zone. So here I am stepping out of my comfort zone, and let's talk about video games. When Microsoft unveiled Game Pass, a lot of people stacked up months upon months of subscription in order to get it at a really, really cheap price. And that way they have they have Game Pass for an extended period of time and they didn't spend a whole bunch of money on it. Now, Microsoft didn't really do anything to stop people from doing that. And I think that's probably the right move for a couple of reasons. Number one, if people have Game Pass for a really long time, then they are used to having it. And so when that extended period of time wears off, they're just going to keep subscribing. This is the same reason I've been subscribed to Netflix for years upon years upon years, even though a lot of times I watch shows that are on Hulu or on Disney Plus or some other subscription service. I've just been subscribed to Netflix for so long, I feel like I have, <laughs> what is it, uh, Helsinki Syndrome or something? Um, I, I can't leave them at this point. And so it kind of works in Netflix's flavor that I'm probably not going to leave anytime soon. And Microsoft realized that if I subscribe to Game Pass for two years or something because I built up all of my all of my subscription ahead of time, then once that two years is over, I'm going to keep subscribing. Sony doesn't see it that way. They recently announced their revamp to uh, Sony's uh, or um, PlayStation Plus, and the price is slightly different, so people started trying to stack their subscriptions, and Sony just updated their FAQ to say, you're not allowed to do that. We won't be allowing people to, sub to stack their subscriptions in response to this. I think huge mistake on Sony's part. So here's what they actually said. As we prepare to launch the new PlayStation Plus membership service, we are doing some work behind the scenes to make the transition as smooth as possible for all our existing members. As part of this work, we've temporarily disabled stacking memberships for existing customers until after launch. Rest assured that your voucher code is still valid and you will be able to redeem your code either when your existing membership expires and deactivates or after the new PlayStation Plus service launch in your launches in your area, whichever happens first. So basically they're saying, all the stuff that you bought in order to stack up your membership, like you went to the store and you bought a bunch of, of gift cards, uh, those will work. They're not going to work right now, but they will work in the future. Now, I'm, I'm struggling to understand 
because I feel like there's something nefarious happening here. I feel like Sony is finding a way to stop people from gaming the system. And while I completely understand their position, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it just, I don't know, it feels wrong to me. Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below or at me on Twitter. One of the games that I've been playing a bunch of on my Steam Deck is Rogue Legacy. If you haven't played Rogue Legacy, it is, I think it might have been my introduction to the roguelike genre. Uh, basically, you play as this character, this knight who has to infiltrate this castle. And as you infiltrate this castle, you know, things get more and more difficult. Eventually, the things in the castle kill you. I mean, maybe if you're good enough, you can get all the way through it in one shot, but I doubt it. Now, when you get killed, that character is dead, and you respawn as the progeny of that character. And the stats and class of the character that you respawn as are randomized. You get three choices, essentially. Um, so maybe you'll be a mage, or maybe you'll come back as a barbarian, or something like that. And they have different character traits that, that your character will have. Like, maybe they'll be really, really big, and that means that enemies can't knock them back as far, and you also knock enemies back really, really far. Or maybe they can't feel pain in their feet, which means you can walk over spikes without taking any damage. There's a lot of different randomized things that can be added to your character. So you then come back as that character. You have the money that your ancestor had when you, when you died, and you can take that money and use it to upgrade the character. But then if you want to go back into the dungeon, you have to take all of the money that you have, give it to like the gatekeeper in order for them to let you in. And then the next time that you go into the dungeon, it's randomized and different. So all of the things are in a different place. And so basically you end up in this really awesome gameplay loop where you go into the dungeon, you fight a bunch of stuff, you get a bunch of money, you come back out after you get killed, you then upgrade your next character, and then you go back in and try it again. And, uh, you, you know, just keep repeating this gameplay loop until you finish the game, which... Is a, it's a really fun game, and the controls are fantastic, and it plays wonderfully on Steam Deck. Now, why am I telling you about this super old game? Because one of the games that I am very, very excited for is Rogue Legacy 2. Now, Rogue Legacy 2 just came out. I have not played it yet. If you've been playing it, let me know what you, th what you think about it in the comment section down below. But... I'm going to recommend that people don't buy it yet. Now, maybe I could be wrong, but by the time you see this, it might actually be on sale. There's an upcoming Steam sale. One of the reasons I love the Steam Deck is because of Steam sales. Uh, but there's an upcoming Steam sale where roguelike games are going to be on sale. And I, I for, for me, I adore roguelike games. So I'm really, fingers crossed, I'm really, really hoping that Rogue Legacy 2 is going to be on sale as part of the sale. If it's not, it's not a big deal. It's a brand new game and it only costs 20 bucks. So the barrier to entry is pretty low. I'm just waiting only because I think the sale is on like the 7th or something. And as I record this, uh, it's April 29th. So uh, it might turn out to not be on sale, and if that's okay, or if that's the case, then I'll just buy it. But if it is on sale, then I saved some money by waiting a week, and I have so many games to play on my Steam Deck that I don't have to rush out and pick anything up. 
What have you guys been playing on Steam Deck, if you are lucky enough to have one? Uh, let me know in the comments down below, and uh, or at me on Twitter. Now, speaking of things that I don't have to run out and pick up right away, there is something that I do want to run out and pick up right away. I texted my wife, actually, let me bring up my text message, because I want to I want to make sure that I say this right. I said, um, I think I might buy Switch Sports. Are you interested in playing it all, or do you not care? And uh, the reason I asked her is because I can't imagine playing Switch Sports by myself, and I know that there's an online component to it, and I did play the demo, and the demo was very, very fun, especially the bowling. Like, the online bowling was really awesome. But I texted my wife because, like, that's an awesome game that we could sit down, well, sit down, stand up and play together uh, up in the nerd nest. And uh, she did reply, and she said, uh, yes, I'm interested in kicking your ass. And she, she probably will. But uh, that game's 50 bucks. It just came out. And just based on my experience with the demo that came out that, for some ridiculous reason... Nintendo told us that we were not allowed to talk about, um, which is crazy because it was like an open beta. Anybody who wanted to play it could play it, but by signing in, you were agreeing to not say anything about it, which is just goofy. Anyway, uh, I played it, and now that the game's out, I'm assuming that I can say stuff about it. It's awesome. It's really awesome, and it gave me all of those ridiculously fun nostalgia twinges from back when the Wii first came out. Um, I don't know if I've told you this before, but uh, when the Wii first came out, uh, they were really, really hard to find. And so my wife and I ended up camping outside. Well, not camping. We went out, we stayed outside overnight in November, I think. Yeah, it was November. Uh, overnight, outside of a Best Buy, there was a whole line of people out there and we all waited outside in order to buy a Wii, and we were all cold, and we had an absolute blast. And then we got it home, and we put it in the closet, and we did not play it because it was a Christmas present. And so it just sat there, and we waited and waited and waited. And then Christmas Day, uh, you know, the kids opened it up, and, well, the kids. My son was just a baby at the time, but, uh, my, you know, my daughter and I opened it up, and we, we plugged it in and hooked it up, and we had so much fun playing Switch, uh, with uh, Wii Sports. That game was just fantastic. So when Nintendo announced that Switch Sports was was coming back, uh, I got really excited. And I'm, I'm very, very interested in playing this game. And uh, if you haven't joined our Discord and you want to play bowling or golf or any of the other stuff online, uh, hit me up on Discord in our, uh, in our Nintendo channel. This game is going to be fun, and I think a lot of people are going to have a lot of fun with it. Naoki Yoshida, hopefully I didn't butcher his name too much. He is the producer of, uh, director or producer? Let me look real quick. Um, producer. He is the producer of Final Fantasy 16. Uh, he tweeted out that the game is essentially done. Like they are in the final phases of, uh, creating that game. Quick correction. I just want to say that, uh, Yoshida was giving an interview in a magazine and in that, Video Games Chronicles uh, translated something in there. Basically, it said, Development of the latest title, Final Fantasy XVI, is in its final stages. Final Fantasy XVI aims to integrate the story and the gaming experience into a single-player game, unlike online, which portrays multiple players simultaneously. Final Fantasy XVI focuses on the individual. 
This makes the story more immersive and is a very dense story. As an, as an adult, I learned, learned about society and said to myself, reality is not as easy as a video game. I hope those who once left Final Fantasy will remember how exciting their passion for video games was back then. It's a really interesting take on Final Fantasy, and I just assumed that we would have a whole party of characters that we would be playing as, not just one character. And I'm trying to think back to all the different Final Fantasy games that I've played, and I wonder if we've ever had a Final Fantasy game that just focused on one character. It's very interesting to me, because I think that they've all been like parties. That was the that was the thing about Final Fantasy is that you had a party, you know, you had your fighter, you had your monk, you had your thief, you had your white mage, your black mage, your red mage, your blue mage, you had all the different characters that you could be. And now Final Fantasy 16 is all about one, one character. I mean, I'm sure it's about more than one character, but you play as one character and that's really really interesting to me. I still don't have a PlayStation 5. I really I really want a PlayStation 5, but my reasons for wanting the PlayStation 5 is only for the PlayStation exclusives. And I have so many games to play, so many games to play, that if I don't play Final Fantasy 16, it's not like I'm going to be sitting around not doing anything. And I'm, I'm sure that Final Fantasy 16 will eventually come to other platforms. I'm sure it'll end up on Xbox or PC or, you know, whatever it is. I'm sure that it'll, it'll end up on all of those other platforms eventually. So can I just wait? Like, that's the question that I have to think about. Can I just wait for Final Fantasy 16 and not spend $500 on the PS5? I don't know. Um, part of me says, absolutely, you can wait. But then the other part of me says, the PS5, or no, the PSVR 2 looks really really compelling that's that system seems exciting to me and you have to have a ps5 in order to drive that and i you know i keep waiting to pick up a vr headset uh, I, i'm absolutely not going to pick up a quest 2 at this point because i, I mean either the ps5 v or the ps vr 2 is right around the corner or the Oculus Quest 3 is right around the corner. And I know the Oculus uh, or MetaQuest, whatever the stupid name is, uh, I know that they have been just selling like absolute crazy. They've been selling so, so well. And if they've been selling so well, then their motivation to put out a third one, obviously they're going to wait until, they're going to wait until the uh, sales drop off. But I don't want to buy an Oculus Quest or a MetaQuest 2 right now. I want to wait for the next thing or the PSVR 2. And that right there and Final Fantasy 16, those are my two main motivators for wanting to pick up uh, PS5. Of course, there's, um, what's the Horizon, the one with the lady fighting the robot dinosaurs. You know, there's the next one of those. There's God of War that's coming um, and any of the other PlayStation exclusives, like Spider-Man, like I haven't played the Spider-Man games because I don't have the PS5. There's a lot of exclusive on PlayStation, but are exclusives enough to sell you on a system when 
you have all the third-party games that are not exclusives that you can play everywhere. Is it important that you have all of the systems? Or do you just stick with one? It's a really tough question for me. I've always been somebody who sticks with two. I usually get one, either the PlayStation or the Xbox and whatever Nintendo has. But at this point, I've got the Nintendo Switch, I've got my Xbox Series X, I've got my my uh, PC, I've got my Steam Deck, I've got all these different places to play games, and I'm missing out on one of them, and I don't know if that one is worth picking up. I have no idea. The sun's getting pretty high. I wonder if this is how the exposure is on this. I don't know. We'll see. This is something I hadn't really thought about, is that... Okay, so when Microsoft announced that they were trying to buy Activision Blizzard, the biggest impediment that I thought about was the government might get in the way. But I didn't even think about the fact that it had to be approved by the shareholders. It wasn't just that the board of directors had to decide, oh yeah, Microsoft can buy us. The shareholders also had to have a vote on whether or not that would uh, be able to go through. Well, it looks like the shareholders... Uh, they voted and they have approved the purchase of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft. Of course, this is going to take months and months beyond today. There's going to be legal wranglings. Uh, Congress critters have already talked about the fact that they're not sure if the consolidation, this kind of consolidation is a good thing or a bad thing. And uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not rooting for it or against it. I do know that I don't currently like how leadership at Activision Blizzard has been behaving. Uh, I'm not a fan of that, and so I, I welcome a change in the leadership. But then we saw we saw um, stories... When, the, when, the, when it first came out that uh, Microsoft was trying to buy Activision, it was... I don't know if it was inaccurate or not, but somebody had posted that Bobby Kotick was out of there as soon as the deal closes. And now it seems like that might not be the case. And if we still have the same leadership in charge of Activision Blizzard, it means that I may not play those games because I don't like the way that that leadership is behaving overall. I think it's a bad thing. And uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I I know that the consolidation of the gaming industry is something that a lot of people have opinions on. I, of course, do. Uh, And... uh, for the most part, I'm against it, but I was happy that there would be new leadership at uh, Activision Blizzard, and now we don't know if there will be. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode of Games with Bill. Thanks for hanging out with me out here in the woods. Uh, I do appreciate it, and uh, this is a weird one, and I don't know if I'll do it again. Uh, maybe I'll get back to uh, the Nerd Nest and find out that the audio and video all looked and sounded like crap, but hey, I will have learned something, and that's really what's important. Anyway, I'll see you guys in the next one. Stay awesome, nerds.